Please stand for the reading of God's Word. This is a passage from Lamentations 3. I'm the man who has seen affliction under the rod of God's wrath. He has driven me away and forced me to walk in darkness instead of light. Yes, he repeatedly turns his hand against me all day long. He has worn away my flesh and skin. He has broken my bones. He has laid siege against me, encircling me with bitterness and hardship. He has made me dwell in darkness like those who have been dead for ages. He has walled me in so I cannot get out. He has weighed me down with chains. Even when I cry out and plead for help, he blocks out my prayer. He has walled in my ways with blocks of stone. He has made my paths crooked. He is a bear waiting in ambush, a lion in hiding. He forced me off my way and tore me to pieces. He left me desolate. He strung his bow and set me as the target for his arrow. He pierced my kidneys with shafts from his quiver. I am a laughingstock to all my people, mocked by their songs all day long. He filled me with bitterness and satiated me with wormwood. Remember my affliction and my homelessness, the wormwood and the poison. I continually remember them and have become depressed. Yet I call this to mind, and therefore I have hope. Because of the Lord's faithful love, we do not perish, for his mercies never end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. I say, the Lord is my portion, therefore I will put my hope in him. My eyes overflow unceasingly without end, until the Lord looks down from heaven and sees. My eyes bring me grief because of the fate of all the women in my city. This is the word of the Lord from Lamentations 3. You may be seated. Bet you didn't expect to read that this morning. Well, it is a sheer delight to be with you uh, at South Tulsa Baptist Church. Eric, thank you so much for the extraordinarily kind invitation to be here and to open God's word from something that is uh, from a passage and a, a text that's extraordinarily near and dear to me. In fact, I've written, uh, I think, four books on Lamentations and... Um, Man, it's, it's a tough one no matter how you slice it. And we're going to not kind of shy away from that. It's, after all, the season of Lent. And in the season of Lent, historically in the Christian church, uh, it's during this season, particularly de- during Holy Week, uh, uh, Great and Holy uh, Thursday to uh, Good Friday, uh, that, that's when the, the book of Lamentations really was, was read. Uh, connecting the suffering of Jesus to the suffering of the church and uh, interestingly enough that's the season we're in and so as you work through the book of Lamentations I pray that today will be uh, a kind of launching pad uh, into this extraordinary book you know uh, a few years ago it was actually a number of years ago there was a, a, a commercial about spaghetti sauce Now, how many of you like a good spaghetti sauce? I do. I think they're delicious. In fact, uh, my wife made spaghetti yesterday, and it was incredible. But in this commercial a few years ago, the spaghetti sauce, they were talking about the ingredients of the spaghetti sauce and uh, questioning what kind of ingredients. And 
When the tagline of the commercial uh, came up, it was the name of the, the, the spaghetti sauce, and then it was, it's in there, talking about the ingredient. Well, if we were to ask, what kind of ingredient does the book of Lamentations add to the sauce that is Scripture? What is it? Because, my goodness, after reading what we read on the screen, holy moly, what is this about? How does this add? I didn't read that growing up in Bible study. Well, I've got to tell you, when we're talking about Scripture, uh, you know, uh, I love the fact that Scripture is unflinching when it comes to the realities of life on the ground. It's unflinching. It doesn't wince. It holds a mirror to our world and to our experiences and doesn't back down. It makes us confront the hard realities of our world as well. So it is with the book of Lamentations. In fact, the book of Lamentations helps us. It adds this ingredient of living with pain amongst the people of God. Not imagining pain doesn't exist. Not imagining that uh, pain isn't real but squarely facing the reality of pain amongst the people of God. My friends, my guess is, if you're here today, like me, you're experiencing a world torn apart, at war with itself. Many of you, if the statistics hold true, you're coming into this room facing physical uh, maladies, emotional and psychological stress or pain. Uh, many of you come into this room with hurt unimaginable and you're trying to deal with these this is the gift or the ingredient that lamentations helps us with this issue of pain it helps us live through pain amongst the people of God to get us our bearings on the book of lamentations I'd like to draw your attention to a painting by a very famous uh, uh, artist called Mark Chagall. This was uh, he created this around 1956. It's one of many uh, paintings or prints that he did on the Book of Lamentations. In fact, one of his prints, very similar to this one, is uh, the cover of one of my books on the on the on the Book of Lamentations. And uh, this one, as you can see, is extraordinary in the way that it presents the prophet Jeremiah bent and broken over what well you can see it over his head and moving uh as you can see toward the right side the red uh just over that underneath that red and to the immediate right of his head is the city of jerusalem the book of lamentations commemorate uh, commemorates memorializes mourns the destruction of uh, the city of Jerusalem and the people of Jerusalem in 586 uh, or depending on your counting 587 BCE and what that means is listen to me 2500 years ago the city of Jerusalem which is still sitting in the same place today 25 2600 years ago this beautiful city was absolutely leveled to the ground by a Babylonian king King Nebuchadnezzar and as God's people lived amongst the rubble, they looked for signs of life. 
and they look for explanations as to why in the world did this happen how do we move forward from here what's going on and just like you and I experience trouble in life and we look for answers and we ask questions so they did as well but here's the great insight when they penned this world-class poetry it's a five poem masterpiece they give us some handles that we can hold on to they give us some avenues that we can walk when it comes to living through pain in fact in 586 587 what we know is it was a serial trauma that had begun 10 years earlier in fact a lot of the old testament is written from or about this time the book of ezekiel uh, ezekiel is written in the context of this pain in fact ezekiel uh, was written uh, by the prophet ezekiel uh, while he was exiled to babylon jeremiah writes the entire uh, 52 chapter book of jeremiah uh, in this context as well jeremiah was exiled to egypt so these lamentations give us purchase on what it means to live through pain uh, as the people of God, in the family of God. So what is this about? Well, first of all, that we need to, the first thing we need to remember is we don't read this poetry like the ancient Israelites do. Why? Well, as I say, it was written 25, 2600 years ago. Has anything happened in the past 25 2600 years of course well anything crucial happened that would make us read this poetry differently and the answer is absolutely about 2000 years ago <laughs> the man jesus christ was born <coughs> and when he came <coughs> the people of israel looked at him and they saw him and they said this is the salvation of God <coughs> excuse me <coughs> this is the salvation of God when they look to Jesus the cries the pain the hurt that we find echoing in lamentations are answered in the person and work of Jesus Christ in fact one of the early men of God who took the infant Jesus in his hands he looked at this baby and he said oh my goodness now I can depart in peace for my eyes have seen the salvation of God so there's something about Jesus that changes the way that we read the poetry of Lamentations in fact we know because of Jesus we can read this text with victory in mind. It's like those verses, Lamentations 3, 21 through 24. The poet recalls something to mind and it gives him hope. It's the mercies of the Lord. They're new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. Where is the exclamation point of God's faithfulness? In all of time and eternity. My friends, it's Jesus. So when we read this book as followers of Jesus on this side of the cross, we can understand that we have victory 
and peace and hope and forgiveness in Jesus. We can believe and we can know that the signs of the rubble of this broken creation are not the end of the story. We have future hope, new heavens, new earth, which will be our eternal home. Why? Only because of the work of Jesus. So we don't read it like the ancient Israelites, and yet we can still learn from them. What can we learn from them? Well, first of all, we can learn what it means to live with pain and live through pain. How do we do this? Well, this is the first insight I would draw our attention to from this passage of Scripture. If we're going to live through pain and live with pain, it, it re requires us to be honest. Honest. Now, sometimes in church or in life, we, we're not honest with ourselves. We kind of float through life. Maybe we're floating through life, ignoring the realities of our own sin. Maybe we're ignoring the realities of eternity. We think that, oh my goodness, I can just float through life for myself and nothing will go wrong. Those are untruths. One of the things that we see in the book of Lamentations is it presents to us with unflinching honesty the tragedies and the horrors of our world now some people treat christianity as if it's a kind of a uh, uh you know a fantasy world my friends the bible doesn't allow us to live in a fantasy world it confronts us with the real world and in the real world guess what we live with tragedy grief and pain to understand this poetry, you've got to understand how the poetry functions. The, the book of Lamentations is a book that's designed to confront the people of God, you and me, and bring us before our Creator and provide the grammar and the vocabulary and the words to speak to God, to relate to God. To suffer through with God why because we need it now I, I'm not going to ask you to share something with your neighbor that's uncomfortable but I'd just like to draw your mind back to the past week have you experienced pain in your life okay lamentations is your text but you might say well what about the rest of the Bible I mean my goodness uh, surely the rest of the Bible doesn't spend a lot of time on pain <laughs> oh my goodness do you know there's more lament prayer in the book of Psalms than there is praise do you know when you turn to the New Testament uh, Jesus himself spoke about guess what in this world we will have anybody trouble pain but he gives us this truth but take heart for I've overcome the world. But we can't forget that in this world we will have trouble. In fact, Jesus reminds us that the picture of the Christian life is taking up our cross and following him. In this world, we will have trouble. We've got to be honest. The book of Lamentations draws us with unflinching honesty to pain and sources of pain what are the sources of pain we find in the book of lamentations as well as lamentations 3 well the first one is quite simply this sin 
Now, sin, sometimes uh, folks don't like to talk about sin. Sin is a three-letter word of terror. Sin does not put the otherwise smiley face of God and turn it upside down. Do you know what sin actually does? According to the Bible, and certainly apparent in the book of Lamentations, sin is a three-letter word of terror that absolutely corrupts, twists, perverts, destroys, mauls our lives. So much so that in the book of Lamentations, look at uh, chapter 3, verse 39. Just turn there. 339. Why should any living person complain, any man, because of the punishment for his sins? In other words, the, the poet is saying, look, everybody's sinning. If we're experiencing the outcomes of our sin, don't complain about it, own it. If you look at uh, Lamentations 1.5, turn over there, or Lamentations 1.15, look at 1.5. The Lord has made her suffer because of her many transgressions. That's verse 5. Look at verse 18. The Lord is just, for I have rebelled against, in the original Hebrew it actually says, I have rebelled against his mouth, his command, the words that have come from his mouth. Listen, all you people, look at my pain. My young women and young men have gone into captivity. Why? Because we've rebelled against the mouth or the word of God himself. Sin is a reality for you and me. And listen, if we're going to be honest about our pain, we've got to identify it rightly. Oftentimes the source of the pain in our lives is a self-inflicted wound. We have sinned against God or sinned against our neighbor and we're reaping the results of that. The outcome, the fruit of that labor. Sometimes if we're going to live with pain well, we've got to be honest about this source of pain, which is sin. And you say, oh no, Heath, not me. Ask somebody who knows you and loves you the most. I bet you they'll be pretty honest with you. Do you know who could talk about uh, my sin nature the most clearly? Is my wife. Why? Because she knows me and loves me the best. She knows my weaknesses. She also knows my strengths. And if I'm honest, I've got to hold my hand up in church and say, yes, many times in my own life, one of the reasons I've experienced pain, not the only one, but one of them, is because of my own sin. I've created ruptures in my relationship with God. I've created ruptures in my relationship with one another. I've created ruptures in my workplace. I've created ruptures in my world. And here's the reality, my friends. I'm responsible for that. Now, what I love about Lamentations is it owns sin. We have transgressed and rebelled. We have transgressed and rebelled. My friends, the season of Lent is the season of confession. Confession of what? Sin. So should we just throw our hands up in the, in, in the air and say, oh my goodness, if we're honest and living through pain, we've got to confess sin. I, I guess that's the end of the story. No, no. The Apostle John reminds us, if we confess our sins, what is God faithful to do? He's faithful and just forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. What the people of God do in Lamentations is when they recognize that they have sinned, they own it, they confess it. So must we. This is not the only source of 
sin uh, pain in the book of lamentations the second source of pain is that uh, source of enemies now I want you to check this out this is pretty interesting look at lamentations uh, 3 52 and 53 if you have your Bible turn there 352 to 53 I mean isn't this the way it is if you've gone through anything in life you know uh, you, you've experienced something like this for no reason my enemies hunted me like a bird did they have a reason thank you sir I appreciate that it's very kind for no reason my enemies hunted me like a bird they smothered my life in a pit they threw stones on me water flooded over my head and I thought I'm going to die now I love that not because I like the experience of it but my goodness isn't that true if you've ever experienced attacks from the outside people undermining your life or trying to tear you down isn't it true you feel like my goodness this didn't happen for any reason and if you go through the book of Lamentations, which in the reading plan I would encourage you to do very carefully, you'll find over and over and over again, not just owning sin as a source of pain, but you will find enemies are a source of pain. Those threats out there that seemingly tear at our lives for no reason. And then finally, there's a third source of pain in the book that makes us very uncomfortable and it's God one of the reasons why uh, you know as Aiden was reading uh, chapter 3 verses 1 through 15 some of you I could see it, it you were kind of getting a little I, 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 I've never heard that one God like a bear or a lion tearing us to pieces uh, God like an archer firing his arrow I, I, I don't know about that He's like, uh, put me, he's, like, he's like a jailer putting me in jail. He's like a grim party host feeding me uh, poison and gall. <laughs> uh, I don't remember that one from Sunday school. I, I just don't know about that. Well, remember what I said about the purpose and the nature of this poetry. This poetry is designed, it's like a, it's like a vehicle, a way to help us encounter and engage God. And so... For many of us, when we live the life of faith as they did and they were negotiating that experience, trying to figure it out, the only thing they could see is, hey, God is causing us pain. Now, we know in the New Testament that oftentimes God allows pain in our lives. In fact, uh, Peter, James, John, they all talk about this. I mean, Jesus himself, when he uses that image of, if anyone uh, seeks to follow me, let him take up his cross and follow me, Right? The idea of picking up a cross, that's not pain-free. But this notion that God is a source of pain, they're trying to express what they feel like they are experiencing. And my friends, remember what I said, if we're going to live with pain, we've got to be honest. Sometimes it feels like that. God is doing this. Now what do we do when we experience that feeling? Oftentimes what we do is we push it down and pretend like it doesn't exist. Lamentations doesn't let us do that. What it does is it gives us the grammar and the vocabulary to actually voice that to God, and that's important. You'll see over and over and over again this push towards prayer. When they experience that 
what they perceive to be negativity of God they don't internalize it or pretend like it doesn't exist they push it to prayer God the one who can hear change their perspective or meet them and encounter them and give them comfort that's what they do these sources of pain are real in the book of lamentations and we would do well to take them seriously Lamentations teaches us how to engage God about the realities of suffering and the realities of hardship. Now, we may be wrong about our perceptions, to be sure. There is no question. However, Lamentations 3 gives us the opportunity to address God about our experiences and perceived sources of pain. What does that mean for you and for me? In short, you and I have got to learn to make peace with our pain. We've got to identify it and identify it correctly and stop pretending that it's not there. Sometimes we try to run away from pain. In Christian spirituality, one of the things that uh, they, they teach you to do is they uh, teach you to almost experience pain even in your body. Like, okay, this is horrible and I'm trying to get my head around it. Lord, meet me right here feel it stop pretending it's not there but the second great reality that it means for you and me is that the blame game won't work it's a no-go don't blame others for something that you've done with your own sin don't blame god if you're experiencing negative realities associated with your own sin that blame game is shifting blame where you should own it the blame right or in other cases we might be experiencing pain that comes from enemies external to us and instead of saying yes these horrible realities have faced me from others what we try to do is beat ourselves up and say oh i must have done something wrong the reality is no sometimes the pain we experience is a result of others so the blame game won't work We've got to rightly identify the source of pain. Then what? Well, Lamentations doesn't just uh, help us identify sources of pain. If we're going to live with pain, we've got to live in responsible community. Now, what's interesting about the book of Lamentations, particularly Lamentations 3, is there is an interesting shift between I words, like I am the man who has experienced affliction uh, under the rod of God's wrath, right? This is uh, Lamentations 3.1, the I statement. But you even see this in Lamentations 3.21 through 24. Look at what it says. Yet I call this to mind, <coughs> and therefore I have hope. Look at verse 22. It's because of the Lord's faithful love that we, do not perish his mercies never end they're new every morning great is your faithfulness i say the lord is my portion therefore i'll put my hope in him in lamentations 3 particularly verses 1 through 39 there's a lot of i language in 52 through 66 there's a lot of i language but sandwiched in there is a lot of we language 
particularly as I've said, Lamentations 3.22, as well as verses 40 through 51. We, 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 I, 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 we, 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 I, I, I. So which is it? Is it me or is it us? I love this. The poetry doesn't let us choose. Why? Because the poetry is helping us understand there is no I apart from us. When we suffer, we suffer individually. There is no doubt. But as the people of God, the community of God, we're afforded the opportunity to suffer and live with pain together. It's like what uh, Paul says to the church at Rome. He says, rejoice with those who rejoice, Romans 12, 15, but mourn with those who mourn. Or as we read in the New Testament reading in 1 Corinthians, the God of all comfort who comforts us in our afflictions so that in turn we might be able to do what? Sit on the sidelines and watch them suffer? No. That we may comfort others. The poetry does not allow us here in chapter 3 to think of individual suffering without a group of sufferers that's with him. This is crucial for a number of reasons. And one of those reasons has to do with how we usually respond to pain. I want to give three responses. Everybody suffers and experiences pain and responds to pain in their own way. But there are three uh, typical responses that we get uh, oftentimes in the church. And you'll have to understand, I'm a pastor's kid. My dad was a pastor for over 40 years. I've had the opportunity to ser serve in six churches in three states and two countries. And so when it comes to the church, uh, I, I love it. It's beautiful. The church of God is beautiful. But the church of God, if we're honest, is also brutal. Uh, and as a, you know, as a pastor's kid, I, I often got front row seats at that. And uh, you, you see people beating up your parents for, uh, you know, oh, how dare you change the color of the carpet or whatever it might be, you know? And so it's a brutal experience when it comes to the church with me. But this is what I've certainly seen. When it comes to our responses to pain in the church, oftentimes what we do is when we experience pain, we isolate. This would be one response. We isolate ourselves from others. As an introvert, uh, you know, I get energy by being uh, by myself. Uh, I love people. I engage people all the time. I was with about five or 600 students yesterday at OBU. We were having a conference. It was incredible. Uh, students from all over the state and region. And uh, these high school students were there, uh, and we, we got to invest in their lives. But I got to tell you, I was drained after that. Now, my wife, Jill, if you know Jill, she gets energy from people. So, I mean, if she could mill around and talk with each and every one of you, first of all, she would love to do that anyway. But more than that, after that encounter, she would absolutely, it would be like the Energizer Bunny going back home. Oh my goodness, look at these conversations. It was incredible. Now, I love it too, but I got to recoup that energy uh, by being alone. The worst, the shadow side of my life, whenever I do that, if I'm experiencing pain, I, I won't just uh, recharge my batteries by myself. I'll, I'll generally try to disassociate myself with other people. Does that resonate with you? 
Whenever we experience pain, one of the temptations is to pull away. Maybe pull away from your small group, home group. Maybe pull away from a loved one. Maybe pull away from the community of God, the church. My friends, here's what I want to encourage you with. When we look at Lamentations 3, listen, there's no individual suffering apart from the community suffering as well. God has made the church for us to suffer and experience pain together rather than isolate ourselves from others. Another response that we often do is put on a mask and pretend. And this is oftentimes pernicious in the church, this idea that instead of sharing my pain or allowing someone to come into my house of pain, I put on a plastic mask and pretend that everything is okay until it's not. Have you noticed how raw and real the language of Lamentations is? Uh, Do you think that they're pretending as though everything is okay? No. And do you notice they're doing this together? In fact, the entire fifth chapter of Lamentations is the community voicing their prayers to God together. They don't put on a mask and pretend. They actually are authentic with their pain and suffering. The other response that we often do is not only to withdraw or isolate or put on a mask and pretend, one of the things that we do is we collapse pain into joy. Sometimes we might, through an attempt to be faithful to the life of Christ or the apparent commands in Scripture, like in Romans 5 or Philippians 3 or Colossians 1 or 2 Timothy or 1 Peter, I mean, or James. Count it all joy, my brothers, when you go through various trials. Why? Because it builds things in your life. Okay, so good-meaning followers of Jesus, what we we tend to do is to say, it'll all be okay, be joyful in suffering, you're going to be fine. And inside, when you got that doctor's report, you're just, you don't know what to do. You're despondent. Joy. I I don't even know how to deal with this. Or that loved one betrays you. Joy. I'd like for us to consider for a second the fact that Mark 15, 34 records Jesus, his, his words on the cross. And in Mark 15, 34, Jesus utters some Aramaic words. What does he say from the cross? He says, Eloi, Eloi, lama sabachthani. Translated, my God. My God, why have you forsaken me? Now, it's interesting that Mark records this in the Aramaic, giving us a picture that Jesus actually said it out loud. He spoke Aramaic. In the Hebrew, it sounds a little bit different. Eli, Eli, lama azavtani. The meaning is the same. So he's not just quoting scripture. He's crying this out as a sufferer experiencing pain. Now, if we're a little too spiritual, one of the things that we can do is say, well, Jesus, when we experience pain, we should just really rejoice. Really, what you shouldn't be saying is, my God, my God, why have you... What you should be saying is, thank you, Lord. I rejoice in this. Do you think Jesus didn't know that his death meant our life? Do you not think that... 
the power of God would raise him from the dead. Of course he did. He knew that he would be raised from the dead, but he experienced pain all the same. And he had to rest in that moment of pain with his God. If that's true of Jesus, my friends, don't you think that's probably true of us as well? You say, Heath, it's, it's soul building. It, it builds our soul when we go through suffering. Yes, it does. And God will take us on that journey of understanding what's going on and build perseverance and long-suffering and patience and deeper faith. Absolutely! But don't run to Easter morning too quickly. The season of Lent reminds us of denial, darkness, death. Easter morning's coming, but Jesus was still crucified and was buried. And out of that experience, he had scars. My friends, sometimes when we respond, and it's good, I mean, I, I understand sometimes we do this, and it's well-meaning. Sometimes we have to go through what St. John of the Cross says, the dark night of the soul, before we can experience Easter morning. So what do we do? Well, a responsible community understands that uh, instead of isolating, instead of putting on that mask or telling people it's all going to be okay too quickly, a responsible community bears suffering and pain with one another. Lamentations 3 reminds us with the I and the we and they confess and they cry out and they do all these things together both as individuals and community what we understand is the people of God hurt individually but we bear suffering together suffering and pain are experienced by you and me in our own individual houses of pain but when we come here together on a Sunday morning We experience pain and suffering together in this house of pain, together. Now, I, I served a number of churches over my life, but uh, uh, one of the churches that I loved serving was a little village church in England. It was called uh, All Saints Anglican Church Bisley, and I was a, kind of a gun for hire while I was there. And I, I took the uh, two services, uh, or three services a month, depending on the month, and they were the family services. And one of the things I loved about those services is they would offer the prayers of the people. And in those prayers of the people, every Sunday they would bring the pain of that little village or the pain of this little family or the pain of the nation or the pain of the world and they would bring those to God. And we would together in responsive way say, Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. So-and-so is going through a death in the family. Lord, have mercy. Uh, our, our world is at war. Lord, have mercy. And why would we do this? Because the insight is here in Lamentations. Suffering and pain are experienced by us as individuals, but they're born together in community. Public expressions of pain like we find in Lamentations prevent one from experiencing or exerting a kind of plastic Christianity. We have the opportunity to bear pain together. Jesus still has the scars after his resurrection. I wonder if we will. And those scars, not signs of weakness, but 
signs that demonstrate the glory of God and the comfort of God and the resurrection life that he provides. I wonder. I'm reminded of a German pastor. His name was Dietrich Bonhoeffer. Has anybody heard of Dietrich Bonhoeffer? Bonhoeffer was quite a character, an amazing figure, really. He was a pastor, and he uh, uh, served in Germany under the Nazi regime. And because he was a theologian and kind of a very public intellectual, one of the things that uh, he was able to do is come over to America in the Second World War. And he had a lot of friends and scholars say, oh, stay here, uh, be a professor here, be a pastor here, and, you know, you can do the lecture circuit and it'll be good. And as a pastor, he looked at uh, the church in Germany, and he looked at the people who were suffering under Nazi regime in Germany, his fellow Germans. And he said, I can't stay. I've got to go back home. And he's written a number of books. What you need to know about him is he was arrested in a, cons uh, a conspiracy to assassinate uh, Hitler. He lived out the, the rest of his days in jail. And he was killed as a traitor right before liberation. In his book, I Love This People, this is what he says about suffering powerful he says it's immensely easier to suffer with others than to suffer alone it's immensely easier to suffer openly and honorably than apart and in shame my friends listen to me you may have come to this room with pain in your life the people of God can be a source of hope of comfort and healing the hands and feet of Jesus you don't have to suffer alone in fact Jesus created the body of Christ the church to be a people who have hurt pain devastation healed by the glory of God and all we're about is uh, helping others with their hurts so what do we learn from Lamentations? Be honest with God. We learn about responsible community, but we also learn this. Living with pain invites conversation with God. One of the great gifts of Lamentations is the gift of prayer. Now, this is what uh, you find in this book, and you see it in the you language. We talked about the I and the we language, but in the book of Lamentations, there's this constant push towards you language, and the you is the address to God. In fact, Lamentations is all about prayer. It's an invitation for us to take our pain and talk to God about it, both individually but also communally. Now, I love this about the book. When you think about prayer, in Lamentations, prayer isn't a passive action, it's very active. Prayer isn't something you do in your, kind of your last resort. It's the first resort. In fact, prayer is the first and best reflex of the church, just like prayer was the first and best reflex of the ancient Judahites living in the ruins of their world. Lamentations 3 moves towards prayer. Many times, when we think about prayer, what we need to understand is it's not just about telling God stuff. God already knows. It's that opportunity 
for us to open the front door of our house of pain invite God in and this is the miracle of miracles what God does is he enters through the front door of our house and in the shards of our existence God the creator and master of the universe comes in and he enters into our living room and he sits down with us knee to knee so we can talk to him and in the book of lamentations they tell him about everything their perspectives their thoughts their misperceptions and in that space knee to knee with God what happens is they take hold of God and they pull and God meets them in prayer now we know the answer to lamentations in fact we have it in the book of Isaiah one of the big cries of the book of lamentations is there's no comfort <coughs> there's no comfort we're dying we're killed God you're doing this enemies are doing this we've done this it's all terrible but in lamentations the answer isn't given the response isn't there Isaiah chapter 40 gives the response God speaks in Isaiah chapter 40 and he says you've cried out for comfort 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 my people says your God God answers their prayers my friends I got to tell you I don't know what is going on in your house of pain but my prayer for you is that you would pray like the people of Israel do pray to God prayer is a powerful action that allows our hearts to begin to know the heart of God so if you come here today living in a house of pain I have good news for you you don't have to suffer alone we have a responsible community here in the church but you got to be honest be honest what's going on where does that come from and be honest with God talk to him my friends if you're experiencing pain today can I just share with you the ultimate answer to our pain and the problem of pain in our life is Jesus he's the great comforter he's the friend he secures our life now but listen to me he secures our life for eternity some of the questions we ask in our house of pain today may never be answered here but they are answered in eternity and Jesus secures that so if you don't know Jesus you need to come to know him today I invite you to do that or if you need prayer today I'm confident that we have ministers and friends who will pray with you whatever God has said to you today my prayer is that you would say yes to him I'm going to ask you to stand I want to pray over you and so our father we thank you for the gift that is lamentations Help us, Lord, to be honest with you. Lord, help us to be that responsible community. And God, would you meet us in prayer? Whatever it is that we've, you've said to us, our answer is yes. Thank you. Go with us now. Amen.